Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I would do because I think Caleb Williams is by far their best player. By far their best offensive weapon. So I'm going to take my best defensive player and basically be like gladiator style. Like no one else has to die today. You and I are just going to step out on the field and play mano a mano one on one. Hello and welcome to the Flock Pod. We are at hashtag 101. See, I almost did it. I almost did the zero 101. <laughs> it was really, really, really close. My goodness. Uh, the Avatarier producers are all sleeping today, so it looks like we are good to go. Nice and calm environment back here. If you would be so kind, please go to your favorite podcast streaming platform. Hit that subscribe button. Go give us a five-star rating. Get this little podcast that could to beat those fancy algorithms. Also, if you'd be even kinder, please go to your favorite social media platform or all social media platforms. Give us that follow. Give us some likes. Give us maybe some retweets or some shares if you would be even so much kinder. You could find me at Coach Justin D on all of those same social media platforms. Shay, tell them where you are. You can find me at Bartender Shane Six on the Twitter and at Walk a Flock of Shane Six on the Instagram. And we are, of course, joined once again today by Zach Neal from DucksWire.USAToday.com, managing editor, the the anomaly to our semi-professional amateur podcast status over here. This guy's a paid journalist, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Zach, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, happy to be on with you guys and talking some Ducks football, so let's have some fun. And Ducks football is what is on the buffet table today. We are going all Alamo Bowl. I refuse. We called it the PlayStation 5 Bowl before, but I don't. This is like the Valero Bowl. Like, I'm not really into that. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't like fossil Bowl, fuels, bro? I'm not a big fossil fuels guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? And there's no Valeros here. There were some in Arizona when I was down there. But, yes, yeah, so we are going to preview everything and anything. Alamo Bowl, who's going to be stepping up, who's transferring, who's playing. And then, of course, later on in the podcast, we'll do America's favorite segment, three questions. But I mean, just before the podcast, we kind of broke. We had breaking news here between the three of us with the Holiday Bowl uh, tonight's game with UCLA. And is that NC State? Yep. Uh, Just got canceled. So I guess that's probably the biggest thing that we should talk about right off the bat is does this game get played? What do you guys think? Have you guys had to give this, you know, if you're betting on played or not played, what are the odds here? What do you think? I mean, say I'd say it's probably a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that we made it this far, like we're a day away, it's at the time that we're recording, I'd say there's probably like a good like 75% chance to get played because we mm-hmm. haven't heard of any COVID issues within the Oregon locker room or Oklahoma locker room. So I'm confident it'll get played, but if it gets canceled in the next 12 hours, that's, I can't say I'm shocked. That's valid. I mean, and they're having like dance parties. They're doing a lot of different of like the social activities. So it doesn't look like they're taking things like protocol wise, all that seriously there in Texas. But Shane, if you again had to put like an over under on this, would you say it's a pure coin flip? You think it's it's 50 50? I mean, if we were going to go betting odds on this, I'd say it being not played would be like a little bit under two to one, like a plus 170. (laughs) And the game being played would be like one minus 135. I mean, it kind of depends on 
what they're doing while they're out there. Like, like Zach said, nobody's really tested positive. We haven't heard any stories about it, but these, these stories about these flare ups with positive tests are happening like that. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if at Hey RB is right. And these Oregon players are hitting up all these girls while they're out there. <laughs> I mean, that's how it happens. Right. I mean, the old Miami, it was it Miami Marlins strip club outbreak. Oh, when COVID was back in it's, it's early stages. So, you know, something like that, we never know. Uh, and I mean, it's already with players opting out and injuries and stuff. I mean, the team is already kind of put in a hard place as it is. So if there were any more players to be taken out, I would see Oregon deciding to just pull themselves out of a game that is, let's, you know, let's just say it, it's a glorified exhibition game, especially this one. It's a, yeah, it's a big exhibition game. And Zach, like we were talking about pre-podcast, the Ducks have already got guys, you know, switching positions, moving around, you know, like Swiss Army knives and things of that nature. So how many, I mean, is there like an over-under on how many players they could lose and still be able to even play this game? Like how many active players do they even have on the roster right now? So right now there's, the number came out yesterday, I think it was, that the Ducks have like over 30 players not playing. And so everyone thought, everyone's kind of in their mind has like NFL-sized rosters on the branch where it's like 55 active players. So like, oh, can we even field a team? You got to remember that college has like 80-some players on their roster usually. So like, yeah, they still have enough players to play. They're going to be, I mean, pretty thin at a lot of positions. And like you said, Jackson Powers Johnson switching from – O-line to D-line, which I think actually could be a, a good thing because we've seen some video of him and it's, it's pretty impressive. So, uh, but like you said, they're going to be thin. Um, it'll be interesting to watch and just kind of, uh, I mean, it's a like you said, an exhibition game. It'll be kind of good to see these players get a lot of time. And if we really don't care too much about the outcome, it can be a really beneficial day for a lot of players, I think. Well, and that segues perfectly into the article that you posted on ducksWire.usatoday.com. Please go check that out. The nine Oregon Ducks with biggest chance to make a name for themselves in the Alamo Bowl. Do you have, uh, I don't want to you know, spoil the whole article here for people, but do you have a favorite off that list that you want to talk about now? Obviously, and you guys know exactly who it is. <laughs> Everyone who knows me knows exactly who it is, and it's Ty Thompson. Ooh, yes. okay. I don't know if we're going to get to see him play at all, knowing this yeah. coaching staff. Like, I, I think he should be starting and playing the whole game because I think that's what benefits them the most. But uh, we'll see. But um, I'm really interested to see some of the young cornerbacks step up. I think mainly Dante Manning. I mean, we had Michael Wright, Wright and DJ James not playing in this game because Michael went to the NFL draft and DJ transferred. So, um, we're really young in the secondary and really thin there. So we're going to need Dante, Triquez, Avante Dickerson, players like that step up and get some runs. So um, we'll see what they can do, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them get a, get a lot of minutes out there. Shane, do you have a, a specific player that you're looking forward to here to maybe break out in this bowl game? A player who decided to that he was going to walk away from the program and then very quickly changed his mind, decided to come back. And for that reason, I think they might highlight Mr. Seven McGee a little bit in this one, maybe give him a few reps. Uh, I don't know if Travis dies uh, playing in this game or not. He is. He is. I mean, mm-hmm. and he I know he's deciding on, you know, his future with football in general coming up here. But uh, I think it would be I think it'd be smart to see a little bit more seven out there, especially in the passing game, throw him a couple screens. Uh, he's a player that we've always been really excited about, but he's just kind of been stuck behind a very, very talented backfield. So with that, I th- with the, with this game being, you know, kind of like we said, a little more loosey goosey, I think it'd be 
nice to see him get the lion's share of the snaps from the running back position. That kind of brings me into a question that's not exactly about the bowl game, but a question I've had with a few Duck fan friends recently. We don't know the future of C.J. Burdell or Travis Dye. Do you guys want them to come back, or do you want them to to go and let the next Ooh. wave of Duck running backs take over? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I think C.J., I, I don't know if he even has any NFL draft stock right now at all just because of he the injury stuff. He did before he got hurt. He certainly yeah, did, he did before, before he got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah, and Travis Dye is kind of in a similar situation just because of his size. And I don't know how much of an NFL portfolio he's really been able to put together either. So, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the, the deferential answer here, and I want them to do what's best for them. If they feel like coming back to the yeah. school and getting some more film down and getting some more yards up and things like that is the best thing for them, then that's what I want them to do. But that's that's the very like that's not really answering the question. So Shane, maybe you have a better answer to that. One hundred thousand percent yes, I want them back. I mean, so much of what we what we base this off of is potential. And these guys aren't potential. They are certified Proven. fucking ball carriers. And we've seen with this year, with every year, having depth is so important just because of injuries and this, that, and the other. And that I think that's especially highlighted with the running back. So, I mean, without a doubt, like I'm very excited about what Seven McGee could be, but I know what Travis Dye is. And yeah. I like You know so, what yeah. CJ is, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seen him be good when healthy. Yeah, and, and in huge games, too. I mean, CJ yeah. has been big, like had his best games in some of their biggest games and some of the most pressure on him. I think that Ohio State game, I mean, like, the entire, you know, pregame was all about like, how can Ohio State slow this guy down? And he went out and was a power running back and set the tone for the entire game. Mm-hmm. I think There's that's no f- real bad answer too. Like, exactly. If they do leave, we'll be okay. If they come back, obviously great. But yeah. go ahead, Judy. Well, I was just going to say, because that other guy that you've got listed on this nine players, you know, Byron Cardwell is certainly the guy waiting to take those reins or to take those handoffs, you know, from Ty Thompson or whoever it might be next season, whether it be Bo Nix, Ty Thompson, whoever, you know, Robbie Ashford, who knows? Well, and also throw in Sean Dollars, who we haven't seen at all this year. Yes. Who like supposed to be better than all of them coming mm-hmm. in as a recruit. And so we think that he's, I mean, he projects to be a great back. We just haven't seen him because of injuries. So there's a ton of it's not like this backfield will be depleted at all if CJ and Travis leave. Obviously, we'll take them back because they're great players, but I I am very excited for the future of this position. It's a legit stable of running backs. I yeah. mean, you've got, you know, four or five or six guys that go deep. And that it makes sense now why, you know, a guy like Cyrus Habibi Likio decides to try to, you know, go make his play at Boise State, you know, some other of those guys that transferred out. So you can't really hold that against them at all all so we've talked a lot about the ducks on the offensive side of the ball we talked a little bit about you know how the ducks are going to play in the secondary against you know the oklahoma passing game the thing i'm most worried about and something that shane's talked a bunch about with this duck defense all year we're not very good against running quarterbacks and guess what caleb williams is a really really good running quarterback so shane what are some things that you think that this defense can do to look to slow him down a little bit. Do they do they spy him all game long? Do they play all zone, which I hate, but maybe that zone would actually keep him in front? Like, what, what do you think the adjustments they make to try to slow down Caleb Williams? If it were me, I would get even more aggressive than the defense has been all season long, especially with No Sewell and some of these elite pass rushers. And although it, it does scare me to get a quarterback that has a skill set like Caleb Williams outside the pocket and making plays, I do feel like he has had bad games this year, and usually it's when he's trying to do a lot. 
And so I think if we can try and put that on him, like, here, go out and make these big plays, make highlight plays. And, you know, you got to kind of roll with some of the punches because he's probably going to make some big throws down the field and have some big runs uh, getting outside the pocket. So, but that being said, I think this game's going to be a little bit wacky. So I think you might as well just make it wackier and lean into it and just see if he can make some mistakes, especially early on in this game. I mean, if he has a fumble or a pick in the first quarter, it might rattle him and, you know, a, a year where there's been so much up and down play with the, the quarterback room. I mean, there has been a lot of uncertainty with Spencer Rattler gone. Now it's a little bit more solidified, but still this team is they've had an equally tumultuous season as this Oregon team. And I mean, they're playing without a head coach and all these other things as well. So I think I think put the, pr- the pressure on him and put the, the onus on him to really win the game for them, I think, <laughs> is the best chance. I like that. Zach, do you agree? Is, is there a different adjustment you might make if you were the defensive coordinator? Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't. I mean, it's it's going to be so important what they do on first and second down. What we saw hurt this team, hurt this defense so badly against like Utah is that they allowed five, six yards per play on first and second down and gave them these third and shorts. So if you can get Caleb Williams in these third and eight, third and 10, third and 11 places where you have to actually drop back and pass, then you can get uh, Brandon Dorless, Braden Swenson in after a pass rush on him. And then, yeah, I kind of think you might need to leave a, a linebacker in to spy him at least um, because he can't get out of the pocket. And there's nothing we hate more than those, those first down runs on a, on a long third and 13 from the quarterback. So um, it's the defense is definitely going to have its hands full. Cause I think that they're really undermanned and, and Oklahoma is a really good offense. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to judge how good they are in the big 12 because there's no good defenses in the big 12 really anymore other than Baylor maybe, but um, Oklahoma state had a pretty good defense. They this had a year. good defense yeah. too. Yeah. But it's, it's every offense in, in the big 12 puts up such numbers that it's like, Oh yeah, this, this team runs crazy points and they get so many yards, but it's like, I, I think it's going to be tough for the defense to step up and contain him the whole game. But if they can do, you know, their part on first and second down, I think they've got a shot. Well, I think you mentioned the key word there, contain. If I'm the defensive yeah. coordinator, I'm telling my D-line, we're mush rushing. We're, we're trying to keep him in the pocket. As soon as he goes to throw, we're getting hands up. We're trying to knock down passing lanes and things of that nature. And I'm, I'm going to Noah Sewell. And just like the movie, The Replacements, when he goes up to the linebacker that's played by John Favreau and he says, Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm going to get you the ball. I want the ball. People get it. I hope he doesn't kill somebody. need the ball. I want the ball. I need the ball. That whole scene. I'm just telling Noah, your only job is Caleb Williams. You don't have any responsibilities and any other thing. You just spy him the entire game and you show the world, you show the country that you're a better athlete. You show him that you're a better football player than he is all day long. You go make plays because I think it just simplifies it. But again, I've never coached football before. I don't even know if that you can make that schematically work if you're doing a mush rush and then play a zone in behind that. Because like you guys are saying, if we can stop some of those big plays and make them chew up the field, kind of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust style going down the field or throwing those little in-breaking routes or outbreakers to the sideline or maybe some seam busters just to try to keep the, the ball in front of us for the whole game. Because we are, I mean, we have Bennett Williams coming back, but still that secondary is depleted. 
So playing smart and keeping everything in front and then maybe mixing in some of those blitzes like you're talking about, Shane, getting aggressive at specific moments on those third and eights and third and nines that you forced to try to create some of those turnovers. So so what you're saying basically is you want like a football equivalent of a box and one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do because I think Caleb Williams is by far their best player. Yeah. by far their best offensive weapon. So I'm going to take my best defensive player and basically be like gladiator style. Like no one else has to die today. You and I are just going to step out on the field and play mono a mono one-on-one and whoever wins wins. So I think that I, that I, as a fan, I also think that would be a really fun thing to watch. And that's definitely a matchup that I'll be honing in on to see how many times Noah actually gets contact with him behind the line of scrimmage, how many times Caleb's able to shake Noah, because that's been a problem he has also is wrapping up and finishing tackles on some of those bigger bodies. Also, in theory, I, go, ahead, go, go, go ahead, Zach, go ahead. You got it. In theory, that's great, but we also know that football is such a team game. And I mean, as much as we want to say this one-on-one is going to decide the outcome, their offense is probably less depleted than our defense right now. So very true. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, it, you got to block, you got to shed tackles, you got to do all of this thing, and it takes a whole a whole unit. So um, I, I think even if Noah has the best game of his life, if the rest of the defense really doesn't come show up to the party, you know, it it could be a long day. Well, and to, and to your point, Zach, some of this Oregon defense's best games have been when Noah's had some of the most pedestrian stat lines. Very true. And some mm-hmm. of like the games when he has those like upwards of 10 tackles, it's when the defense has really been struggling and it forces him to do so much more. But I just wanted to say earlier, it's really telling about our stance on like football that the movie we reference most often is The Replacements. <laughs> <laughs> That's super true. Classic. If you haven't seen it The is, Replacements, oh, by the way. Definitely go check out the replacements. My goodness, the whole bar scene and then like the dancing in the jail. Like, oh, it's just it's Keanu Reeves at at his absolute best. And John Favreau before he was like super, super deep into Marvel. So Mm -hmm. really, really fun. Okay, Shane, do you have the the current line on this game? Uh, I don't, but I could find that pretty quick. Did we already predict this one? We Yeah, we did. Uh, But we could see if it's moved. Last I saw was six and a half. Yeah, that's what we had when we did it the other time. But I'll check real quick to see if we have any movement on that one. I definitely already forgot what I predicted. I, you know what's funny is I normally have my entire notebook, and today I just had the one sheet of paper. <laughs> Caught so, you off guard. Of course, it's when you would ask. <laughs> that's great. So yeah, if it's six and a half, then that's yeah, that would be that would indicate a little bit of movement for sure. Uh, there was a there was an error with this yeah it's not giving me any of the lines right now probably because that game up. just I'll got canceled that uh they probably this took a bunch of shit down. wonderful podcasting we're leaving all I of know, this right? in all well, of this I have, gray space. I, I have a question for you guys that i that i had in my my three questions but i think kind of pertains to what we're talking about right now a little bit more let's go uh, would you guys have liked to have seen Mario Cristobal hang out and coach this game with like some coaches who have stayed and some coaches who have just gone to their next gig? Would, would you have rather seen the, the product in which the Oregon football team would put out with its entire coaching staff kept in place? I had this conversation last night with a couple of buddies and I, they were arguing the other side, but I'm fine with them leaving. Like I, I understand a lot of the assistant coaches why they want to stay, but if Mario stayed and coached this game it feels so weird to me because like he has such split loyalties then like i i don't know it's just like he kind of was halfway out the door before he was even out the door in eugene and that just 
I don't know. I'm not mad at him for leaving it all. It's just kind of a, a weird situation where we feel a little bit butthurt about it, but like we totally understand. I don't know if he stayed here, it'd be like he would get so much blame for a loss if he stayed. I don't think he has anything to win by staying. Is what I'd say. We've we've already seen what this team looks like when they know the head coach is leaving. Yes, that's that's I think all that needs to be said. And we've seen how they Very played. True. We saw the the lack of passion and the the lack of um, I hate to say that because it's just but yeah the lack of fight. You know what I mean? And it's, it's hard when you know your leader is headed out the door. So now I'm I'm 100 fine with him leaving. Um, I don't this whole BMAC thing is kind of a weird situation in and of itself too. So that gives me a little weird EBGBs, you know, what his next move is and if what he's doing here. But um, yeah, I think we all know what his next move is. Yeah. Well, we can be honest. It's not official, but I think we yeah. can feel confident. Well, he's headed would, to South Florida. Would you have rather seen, uh, was it Adrian Clem? Would you have rather seen him come in a couple days earlier and maybe take that head coaching job is like his, cause he's going to be the associate head coach. I wanted to see yeah. Mike Bellotti. That's true. I that's what I wanted. <laughs> Give us Mike Bellotti versus Bob Stutes again. That's what I wanted. It's an exhibition game. Why not? Exactly. Well, my, my beef with that is it just takes so much like away from the game. I feel like and from the, the players. players. Yeah. It's just yeah, like that's all they would talk about pregame. And I don't know. It's like I don't have an issue with no, I do. I have an issue with it. I think it would be like <laughs> I think it would be like a big media blah blah blah, like you know, Fox well, or like ABC or whatever. That's fun for fans, but think about the number of players that are playing their last collegiate game ever. Mm-hmm. And like we'd kind of be making a joke of it then to have Bob Stoops or Mike Bellotti when it's like, oh, we want to, they want to go out there and win and actually have a good chance. So I'm fine with BMAC being there. Um, I don't think, I think right after the game, soon after, he'll announce that he's going to Miami, which, you know, more is what it is. To him. That's yep. fine. I, I don't think that he really, I don't want to keep anyone on the staff that Dan Lanning doesn't want or didn't handpick himself. So um, it kind of feels like if BMAC stayed that he would be just kind of held over from the old regime. And I don't know, I'd, I'd rather him just go do what he wants to do in Miami with Mario. The players seem to like him. So, I mean, the, the fact that he gets to this sort of opportunity to at least, you know, have some head coaching experience and put that on his resume. And just, I mean, some of like the, I was checking in on some of the IG lives, uh, yesterday with the Oregon players when they were doing their like talent show thing, whatever <laughs> that was with the Oklahoma team. I mean, it was uh they were doing various you know skits and kind of things or whatever, and and there was a lot of camera pointing at BMAC and him not wanting to be on camera, but them doing it anyways, and it seemed like they were all having a good time. How do you guys feel about that whole uh, pre-game talent show brouhaha that the teams do with each other? I love it. Let them have fun. They didn't sit around the hotel, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I got a weird vibe from it. Because it's, it's weird. weird. But, I mean, yeah, it's awkward it, as hell. It, it, it is weird. <laughs> there, was, there was definitely some very cringy moments. Like, I, I kept like, okay, I'm done. And then, like, another player would go live. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll check it out again. But <laughs> Well, it's like, where's the, like, I don't think that teams would do that before, like, a playoff, like, a the national championship game or, like, no. one of the playoff games. But, like, exactly. so where's the line for, like, where the Bulls don't mean enough to where you can just, like, hang out with everyone and be friends before the game? That's just, that's weird for me. It feels more like an all-star game type of feel to yes. it, right? Like, that kind of an exhibition level. So, I think for football, that's hard just because of the physicality that goes along with it. That's why the Pro Bowl always sucks. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I think as long as the players are getting swagged out, as long as they're getting great gift bags, they're, they're giving these seniors or these super seniors a chance to play their last game, a last hurrah, you know, some of these guys that won't play on Sundays, you know, maybe that just did, you know, just last chance to put the pads on. So for that, for that, I'm all for it. So I did find the line. It's Oklahoma minus six and a half over under of 60. Cool. So it hasn't really moved since we did our no. picks. I'm pretty sure Justin, that you picked, Oregon and the no, I did Oregon in the under. I think I went over. You went over, yeah. And then with the Ducks, yeah. I go so. Oklahoma and under. Oh, the contrarian! I love it. <laughs> I love it, and the under. Like that's just like yeah. dark Zach over here. The under is low hanging fruit with this Oregon team, even without Kayvon and some of these guys. I still feel like points? just, just yeah, up. yeah. and oh, just man. the way that like Oregon's pace of play, like it just doesn't really make any sense. I just I realized on no this Zoom call, see. yeah. Uh, I don't have my hood up and both you guys do. So I feel like I have to like put my hood up now to like, this is kind of like one of those weird, like small hoods though. So I feel like I'm like, (laughs) see, I, when, when we moved into this house, we started doing all the renovations in August. We had uh, baseboard heaters and we took them all out. Oh yeah. We still don't have, we have like electric, like plug in, like, uh, whatever here's, but it's been, the struggle has been real. And I'm I'm upstairs (laughs) in the, in the studio and there's nothing up here and it's fucking freezing. Like I was actually worried that you guys would be able to see my breath on the zoom call. <laughs> yes. The snowpocalypse here in Eugene, Oregon, for sure. Oh man. So Zach, you mentioned you had one question for us before we jumped into three questions here. So what do you got for us? Do this is a, a gripe I have with the NFL. Ooh, is, fuck there yeah, here any, we go. is there anything more frustrating than seeing Marcus Mariota not get a chance for the Colts job now that Carson Wentz is out, but Philip Rivers getting potential calls to come back. What are we yeah. doing? What what more well, does he need to show in his couple of plays per game with the Raiders? Like I, I just don't get it anymore. From what I've read, according to like some of like the Raiders Twitter and some of their websites and everything, that they feel like the Marcus Mariota contract makes him basically untradeable. And there's just there's no reason why they would trade the most solid backup quarterback in the league when they do have, you know, this successful quarterback in Derek Carr. And uh, but I mean, just most comebacks in the fourth quarter over the last like six years, man. Like, come on. I mean, he is third in the NFL in passing yards. I mean, like there there are things that he that he does and like, you know, keep him right above that cusp of being benched. But because Marcus Mariota is on that, like basically million dollar a year deal that they just they there's no incentive to move him i hate his agent so much yeah it's so frustrating how he didn't end up in new england is an absolute travesty to me mm-hmm. but. or in the saints i mean there's 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 so many teams that could have that, mm-hmm. like his his skill set were so tailor-made like i would have loved to seen what he could have done a sean payton offense when they already like i mean oh, yeah. they turned Taysom hill into a successful quarterback it's fucking crazy yeah. and i mean I, I i do like Taysom hill he's you know he is what it is but i i don't think that he's more skilled than marcus Mariota in any way yeah. i agree with that i agree with that 100 all right so yeah i think hopefully you know we'll see is it a two-year deal that he's on I think he has one year left. One year left on it. So I think it was a three-year contract as of last year, and it and it sucked that you know even uh, you know their their former coach was saying that he had a big plans to use him, and it seemed like after he got let go, like those those plans. I mean that kind of mixed with the the Mariota injuries, but 
And he yeah. did. He did get hurt on a sixty. Was a sixty-yard touch or not touchdown run, but like a sixty-yard yeah. run too. It was like even more, even extra salt in the wound. And I'm, I'm more mad at the NFL for like changing their vaccination and testing rules like right after I get smoked in five fucking playoff rounds. I lost in all five playoff games I had in week one, and then, and then we lost in our. I had a bye week. Uh, in one league, and we lost uh, last night because oh, just so much. Shane, dumb you shit. should just do what I do. Just don't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't cared about fantasy in a few weeks, and it's been wonderful. It's been- <laughs> in one of my leagues, it's a two quarterback league. We have four quarterbacks. Three of them got COVID. The one that didn't oh. was Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> so might as well. No, that the the rule changing there is kind of brutal there, but uh, you know I'm playing for a fantasy football championship, so I don't know uh, what you guys would be would be talking what, about uh, over there. Is that WWFL? Yeah, I'm probably gonna get smoked though. Like the team I'm playing is loaded; they scored two, over 200 points this week. So we shall see. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into America's favorite segment: three questions. Um, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's have Zach go first this week. I believe Shane went first last week, and then uh, we'll go from there. So, Zach, the floor is yours for three questions. All right. We were talking earlier, um, I think it was pre-pod, that JD and I were out enjoying the snow the other day. We had a nice football game out in the snow, which was very fun. I highly recommend it for anyone looking to do something and blow off some steam. Except if you're getting up into our age range, you will be paying for it. For Just don't dive. That, that's my <laughs> biggest advice to everybody. Don't try to pull a Taylor Heineke dive for the end zone. It doesn't work yeah. out well when you're close it to 40. It looked awesome, but I know that JD's <laughs> paying for it now. Um, does the joy of playing in the snow outweigh the dread of shoveling snow and dealing with the messy slush for like the week after? Oh boy. I think because we, we get it so rarely, like my van is still up on the hill. Like I still haven't been able to get my van down. So I think there's a lot of like stuff that happens, but how can you, how can you get past the joy that we were feeling while we were out there playing, throwing snowballs at my dogs? Like, I mean, it's just, it's a good time. So I think I'll take the snow and then deal with the, the consequences, I guess is what I would say. I've been put in a fortunate situation this year with the weather where I don't really have shit going on like yesterday, today, tomorrow, the next day. So like I've kind of used this, uh, the snow as an excuse to not really get out and exercise. I haven't been lifting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't gone for a run. Uh, so I just haven't really been dealing with it at all, if I'm being honest. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been nothing but good stuff. I did have to like Sunday I woke up and I had to work and I was like, ah, like I decided to take an Uber because I wasn't sure, you know, what the weather getting home 12 hours later was going to be like at night. And you never know. Cause I mean, in Oregon, the, the most dangerous part isn't necessarily the snow. It's the people who don't know how to drive in snow, me included, because I've only lived here in Hawaii. So I didn't really have to deal with it too much. <laughs> and then just when it, the sun goes down, everything ice is over and you have no idea what's ice, yeah. what's powder. So, I mean, it, it does get dangerous here, but for different reasons than like your Chicago's or Minnesota or Wisconsin states, which yeah. they, they scoff at our snow problems here. Oh yeah. Yeah. JD, I think you're right. Like I can deal with it like one snowstorm per year, but like if it were, if it were to like file and then like two weeks from now, snow again, I'd be like, come on. Really? I'd yeah, be a little salty. Yeah. I'd be a little salty it. at that point. Yeah. Yep. But Sunday was a ton of fun. So, um, all right. New year's right around the corner. 
what is the longest New Year's re- resolution you've ever kept? Oh, wow. You know, I, I, I don't really make New Year's resolutions. Hmm. So I can't, like, nothing really comes to mind at all. Uh, I quit smoking as a New Year's resolution. Oh, shit. Smoking yeah. cigarettes. Wow. That was about... There you go. That was about four years ago-ish. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, and I, also, I also had to quit drinking at the same time <laughs> like, to get it to like, follow through. <laughs> it was in it. Yeah. That one didn't yeah. last as long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think last year my resolution was to read more. And so I like deleted social media off my phone instead of like scrolling Twitter, like before bed, I would just like read on my phone. And I think I need to do that again because I've found myself recently like just aimlessly scrolling Twitter and I'm like, what am I doing? This is mm-hmm. this is not benefiting me. So I think I need to make that my New Year's resolution. It lasted like three or four months last year too. So I was like, pretty go. proud of it. I need to do and that again, I think. That shit's good for your mental too. If you're ever like disappointed when you refresh Twitter and there's nothing new, it's like, oh my God. It's time to like... That's a yeah. moment. Do something. It's a self-reflection yeah. a moment. Walk or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. Um, if you could rewatch one show or movie over for the first time, what would it be? Well, for me, this is easy. You guys all know that I'm the huge cartoon nerd here. So if I could go uh, back and watch be. like Avatar, the last airbender for the first time all over again, all the way through, oh, that would be incredible. Although, thrones i mean it has its moments right so like but so the problem with thrones is like i would watch it for the second time again because like the first time you watch it you like don't know anyone you Mm kind of like don't know what's happening so like i don't know if the first watch was the best but the second watch of thrones was incredible on christmas night i saw uh one of our favorite twitter followers duck juice dixon said that he was starting breaking bad for the first time and i got pretty Ooh. jealous of that or i was just like oh man that's that's good but i mean if i could go back like for my own personal if i go back and watch the office again for the first time you know see jim and pam get married for the first time again because yeah. i mean i still like i was watching the office this morning well spoilers um, alert spoiler oh. alert <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but right. yeah, but that's that's a good one. And Zach, I did start watching Succession. I'm on season oh, two right now. It's good. You know what's funny about it? I found that I I like that show about like the I have similar feelings about that show as I do cocaine. Like I don't necessarily want to keep watching, but I can't stop. Like it's not like I really love it, but I just like I'm like give me as much as possible as I can handle in one evening. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one alone. <laughs> That's no, hilarious. I think uh, I think my answer is I want to see the Dark Knight for the first time again. Like seeing Ooh. that Heath Ledger performance. Remember that first time you saw? You're like, oh my god. I yeah, recently I got to watch that with my wife for her first time, and I was about mm-hmm. as excited as I could be yeah. for somebody else to watch a movie. Yeah, that was with seriously. me and watching The Matrix. Yeah, it's like when oh, you get yeah. to like in, ingratiate somebody else into something for the first time, like be mm-hmm. that kind of like gateway drug to this like new experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's yep. super fun. I almost enjoy that more than my own viewing. I know it really is almost better. 
Can be. Definitely can be. All right. Thank you, Zach, for your three questions. Shane, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Oh, uh, depends. I got I have plenty of options here. So if you want to go, then we don't have to worry about you stepping on any of my or me stepping on any of yours. Right? Sounds good. All right. I'll go next. So kind of segueing off of that, what we were just talking about, um, I have one that's really similar that kind of goes into it. What's the best thing you've watched the last month? Like shows, sporting event, movies, like what's the best thing you've watched over the last month? This is a very like cookie cutter answer because I think a lot of people would say the same thing, but I got really into Yellowstone. I started watching that recently because everyone was like all into it. And I'm like, yeah, it's actually a really good show. <laughs> I'm a fan. Interesting. Interesting. Good old Costner. You can't go wrong, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Succession's been a good one. Um, but again, I, I have like a very mixed feelings about that show because it is just like horrible horrible people such bad people uh i watched what was it don't look up the other night that was really good the new adam mckay flick uh but i would say my i don't know if it was within a month but uh the harder they fall uh, i just watched that yesterday for the first time fantastic movie. movie uh not a big fan of westerns it has everything i like about westerns and takes away everything i don't like about westerns hmm. so that would well, probably like a, a django vibe like uh-huh yeah it was a good one i might and have to cue that up tonight then i haven't seen that yet the the, 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 the sets it. the like the um you know those all black towns and like having you know all the colorful buildings rather than like the whitewash yeah. buildings and everything was fantastic and the soundtrack was great uh jay-z well, was the, an executive yeah, like, producer like Idris Elbra, Zazie Beats, like just the the cast is so good. Yeah, my personal favorite actor is Lakeith Stanfield, who uh, yeah, 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 he's like the in Atlanta right hand man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that Lindo. would mm, that would probably be mine. But that's that's tough. I watched I watched a lot of good stuff in the last month, so that's that's tricky. So I thought it'd be good because we've been kind of hunkered down. There's been a lot of stuff yeah. that came out. Of, I'll go cookie cutted answer. I mean, Marvel nerd, massive Marvel nerd over here. Spider Man No Way Home was incredible. Completely blew my mind. Was there opening night? Was a really fun experience. It was like that type of opening experience like the crowd was really into it too so ooh and on and cheering and crying and all that kind of stuff oh it was it was good times it was end game levels of good times for sure but sneaky answer a show i never would have expected to be any good that animated arcane on netflix the league of legends show has no business being any good and it's incredible so any other nerds out there that are in animated shows definitely check that out it's pretty solid justin real quick did you pay attention to the marvel versus martin scorsese kind of beef a little that, bit that yeah tom a little holland bit decided to get in and- yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed tom holland spur back at him you know it's like really like, i you, just you honestly think like you do you, in in your heart of hearts you really think that tom holland has any right to say anything about Martin Scorsese as far as movies being made. I think Martin Scorsese, uh, Martin stepped in it when he even into the conversation. So I don't, I think anybody is allowed to say whatever they want back to him because he's the one who entered the conversation to begin with. Like Tom you don't Holland have, said, I can make but hold on, Academy me, award winning movies and movies that people want to go see. Yeah. Well, he has, <laughs> he's not making them per se as the director, but he's involved in them. I'm just saying, if you if you don't enjoy something that's fine you don't have to talk about it just don't enjoy it but don't be a wet blanket for other people's enjoyment of something just because you're salty that your movies aren't making as much okay <laughs> I, I 
I have a lot more to say to that, so I'm just gonna. I think Shane and I, Shane and I, need to start a movie podcast. I think that's yeah, our our little it. segue off of this because it. Well, it it, it he it made gets fucking into a, Taxi Driver. No, and I I respect he made him good for sure. I definitely he made Casino. But uh, what I'm this this goes into a bigger conversation about the direction of movies in general over the next ten or fifteen years, right? He made The Irishman, which wasn't very good. Neither is fucking Spider Man. Yes. Okay. Well, have you seen it? Then no, you don't get to see the, the newest again. one. No, but I've seen the last. What were the last? Did the last four do anything that were like? Ooh. The last what, two were really good, and then this and one. What, was but what did they accomplish? Okay. Well, we're getting into the weeds here. We're getting into the weeds. Exactly. I mean, if you want to talk about societal like accomplishments and things of that nature, there's still there's still a conversation to be had. But we will go ahead and move on. And this actually, this <laughs> conversation, this, this is a perfect question to follow off of this. You only get to pick one billionaire or have a superhuman ability any superhuman ability any superhuman ability that doesn't involve making a billion dollars so you don't get to like just oh i get to pick both either you're a billionaire or you have a superhuman ability what are you picking batman got to do both um, I was gonna say, <laughs> his ability is being rich uh superhuman ability Oh, I would choose billionaire. Oh, I like it. The difference. Yeah, for sure. It's an interesting, it was, it goes to kind of your, cause I mean, you could do a lot of good in the world with a billion dollars. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I would like yeah. to think that if I had that money, I would use it for good and helping other people. Whereas superhuman ability, I could still do that, but it's more limited depending on what my ability is. I would be a little, it would be a good character test for me. I feel like if I had superhuman abilities, you know, it's uh -huh. like one of those things. It, yeah, it would be a good, depends on the ability. Yeah, that's also true, right? It tests your gumption a little bit. Well, did you ever see, I think it was, I think it was Super 8 when like those kids get the, all like the powers. And then the first like 45 minutes of the movie is them just like moving people's shopping carts and stuff. They all like telekinetic <laughs> pattern and they're all like high school kids. So they're just like moving people's cars when they park them and stuff and just kind of like fuck them with society. So it would be hard not to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, that's man, that's a good ass question because I mean, would you honestly might be able to accomplish more with money? Like I was thinking you would be able to accomplish more with the powers, you know, but I don't really know. I'm just one person, even if I could fly, you know what I mean? It's still, then you're like in that like uh Hancock dilemma of like, yes exactly Which things do you actually <laughs> save and then mm -hmm. you with still having time for your own personal life fuck yeah it's almost I like might, uh, i think i changed my answer to billionaire honestly almost like superheroes can teach us something about morals and ethics shane it's right but also like... other movies can but if you take away the the, the part that masks your audience <laughs> from having to deal with the reality of the problem with like, you know, oh, lasers and jumping over buildings. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. Last question for me. Super simple one. Have you gone into a Twitter space yet? Have Zach's, I listened or spoke? Have you gone into one? Have you just listened to a Twitter space yet? Yeah. I was listening to the, the Dan Lanning ones, all the ducks ones. Okay. All right. <laughs> controversial opinion i don't like them as much as everyone was like going crazy for them i was like okay yeah i just hear uninformed people speak their opinions <laughs> that's what we're already doing on twitter <laughs> that's what i'm saying like that's the part that i don't understand where i'm like how is this any different <laughs> like all all you've added is gatekeepers because you have like your yeah. six people mm. who can like you know shoot pick and choose who gets into it so now you have these like 
you know, like with those Oregon podcasts, you know, it's like these basically like six or seven guys, a couple former players, this, that, and the other. A couple of people's opinions I, you know, g- gave a shit about. Like when Joey uh, was in that one, kind of defending the, the, the whole letter thing and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. That was nice. But when it's just like, yeah, well, you know, fuck Anthony Brown. Cause like, what? it's just like, what, what am I doing here? Like, mm-hmm. this is just, this it's is verbal just a, Twitter. Yeah. And it's just harder. I feel like it's more like, um, uh, nobody can like... see what I'm doing here. It's so much more in your face. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's like hands. in your face. Yeah. It's a uh, the gatekeeper thing is 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 valid I think because it's like that whole like temporary exclusivity thing also like people were like tweeting about oh I've been in a Twitter space for like thirty eight hours it's like cool bro how's your life yeah and, like how your how are your dogs man yeah, like what's your wife think of this <laughs> yeah exactly oh my well, gosh I'm guessing there's exactly one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it's also it's just kind of like. I, 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 it's like lazy podcasting to me where it's like, mm. you know, like we we've actually spent a lot of time trying to, you know, make different segments and do our research for this, that and the other fit things into different time schedules. And like people just want to go and talk about one topic for 24 hours. It's like, congratulations, you have thoughts. Well, and there, I mean, there's a couple people that like hosted them, like James Scorpio with the Oregonian hosted one and Matt Preem with 247 Sports hosted some. And like, I trust those guys' opinions a lot. And I was really interested to hear what they had to say. And in that sense, it was a lot like sports radio. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like listening to a host and listen to them talk to people about different things. But one like argument for it, I heard a lot was people being like, oh, it's like a sports bar again. Like we're all just chatting and everyone's opinion matters. And I'm like, I... I don't like sports bars for that reason because I don't want to like hear everyone's opinion on everything because I don't like everyone's opinion on everything. And so uh, there was, there was parts of it where I was like, all right, I I'm here. I'm hearing it. Like whatever. I got the experience. I'm good. Like if if it keeps going, it's, I mean, if you like it, go for it. That's awesome. Have fun. But I know I don't really need it. I think it's like anything else. Everybody's opinions on things is the single hardest part about the job it's like anything else it's how you use it right like it's an interesting platform um i think like you're saying if you're a professional i think the whole sports radio thing is really profound but i think it can get into the weeds really really quick over there all right so shan let's hear your three questions all right first one is going to be a bit of a two-part question and it's something that we were touching on earlier um with bowl games i like it uh what value to non-playoff bowl games hold for you at this time in this state of college football and part two is there any bowl game non-playoff game that you're non-oregon game too that you're really looking forward to watching at this point I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's entertainment for when, you know, if you're on a Thursday or Friday night and flipping on the TV and something comes on, but I'm not like scheduling around, you know, like the Fiesta Bowl or something like that, getting ready to like watch these other games. But again, it's, we've talked about this in the past, how these games can definitely be a money grab for certain corporations or certain, you know, organizations and things of that nature. As long as the players are getting swagged out and as long as the players want to be there, then I think they hold value. But other than that, I don't think there's a lot else other than getting some tourism dollars to some of these smaller cities. Yeah. I don't really care too much about bowl season other than like the, the new year's six, like I'll watch those games, but like, I know some people that, make picks on every bowl game and they're watching every bowl game. It's like, I don't really, no, I don't, 
I don't care to watch some random two college teams on a Tuesday afternoon in the Idaho potato bowl or whatever like that. So um, it's good for the players. Like Judy said, as long as they're having fun and getting some, um, some swag and stuff from it, like that's awesome. Have, have fun, enjoy yourselves. But um, as a fan, I don't really care outside of the big ones. It would be cool if like Otson hosted a bowl game. There's like a nice saw those. Yeah. I saw people talking about that on Twitter. That'd be really Mm -hmm. cool. I would be cool. I, I mean, I would go to that even if it was, yeah. you know, TCU and, you know, Northwest, whatever, like, yeah. but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It's just kind of like, it's just another game. It is cool that, you know, the, if the players want to play them good for them, but I also mm-hmm. like don't shit on somebody who doesn't want to play in a game that doesn't literally doesn't mean anything. Precisely. All right. So uh, the last time we all got together and talked, we talked a lot about Bo Nix uh, coming over here from Auburn. We've since learned that Jason Jones, one of my favorite players, transferred to Auburn. If the if it was a trade, if it was just a Jason Jones for Bo Nix trade, who wins? Who won? Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, a way to look at that. Yeah, right now, I mean, if you were to answer the question, I think you'd have to say Oregon won because Bo is more of a proven quote unquote proven player, but I think the potential it's, it's like a, a, a winning team, you know, making a run for the championship, making a last minute trade, you know, and like trading off some of their potential to maybe make that happen is what it feels like to me. It does. So, That's kind yeah. of what it, yeah. So I would say, you know, for, for this year, for right now, I think it looks like Oregon won, but we'll see how Bonex plays. So it could easily turn into an Auburn win, you know, 16 months from now. Yeah, exactly. It's really, excuse me, it's impossible to judge that trade right now because, I mean, we don't know what Jason is going to be. I think he's, I mean, he's a, he was a good recruit. He's a good player. And he could be really good if he gets a lot more playing time, which he should at Auburn. But, and we also don't even know if Bonex is going to play. I mean, I think we all have hopes that Bonex doesn't play. I mean, I know that Shane said otherwise on the last pod that he thought that Bonex would be the starter and that he thinks he should. But, um, I mean, I know that JD and I hope that Ty plays, so um, it'll be interesting to see, but that's a good one to look at down the road. Yeah, because it is like it does kind of like Justin was saying, the the, the window is like Bo Nick seems like it's more of a win now move versus mm-hmm. like a build for the future move. But uh, also it wasn't really a trade, so kind of a moot point anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Santa Day was a few days ago. It's, you know, with the holiday post Thanksgiving both kind of centered around eating food but different meals what is your personal december 25th entree meal like your favorite uh star of the meal not really a side dish as much i think i like christmas a little bit more because it switches from turkey to ham for me I am not as big of a turkey fan, but I love a honey baked ham or something with everything else that you also have at Thanksgiving. So that's my opinion. See, I'm a big, I'm a big turkey guy. Like you give me the right, like especially like a smoked <laughs> turkey, and we've we've do turkey for both usually. Like I don't know my parents, but what I've done in the past when it's just like my family or when we're with uh, before in the past to do a really good prime rib on Christmas. I think that's probably if I'm going to make something myself or pick something myself or like a really nice like ribeye for everybody, like some kind of like nice big red meat as opposed to the turkey on Christmas, I think it's a good vibe. Yeah, I did. I did ham this year and I usually do ham Christmas (laughs) day. 
And uh, every single time I'm like, God damn, this is better than turkey. <laughs> Just like, why, why do we fuck around with that big bird in <laughs> November? But yeah, but like Justin, to your point, everybody I talked to said they were doing prime rib. I'm like, oh, why didn't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> so interesting though, because I'd rather have ham on on Christmas, but I'd so much rather have like a turkey sandwich than like a ham deli sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know what the difference is, but see, we're actually yeah, as soon as ham. we wrap up recording this, I'm about to go with wife down to go at some King's Hawaiian rolls and knock out the uh, the leftover ham. Some uh, yeah, that's a good King's call. Hawaiian sandwiches. Yeah. Actually, look, looking forward to ending this. So, you guys, you guys got anything else? <laughs> yeah, to say? Well, you got the last question. <laughs> You've got one more question, and then we're good to go. Was that was that only two? I think that was only two, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was three. Oh, okay, that was, that was three. three. All right, yeah. I can't count. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> it's definitely not the strong suit. Okay, so yes, we come to an end of another wonderful flock pod here. Hashtag one hundred and one. Thank you all so much for listening, Zach. Any closing remarks? Let's uh, just be prepared for whatever we see tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but just just know that it's an exhibition game. So don't get too upset or too high if it's brilliant too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that kind of caps off what I want to say. Just have fun watching this game. Uh, it, it should be fun. There's going to be a lot of fun players on the field. This doesn't really matter. Neither team has a coach. Don't get upset if – you know, even if Anthony Brown goes out and has like one of the worst games of his career, like this isn't the day to just go and shit on people on Twitter or whatever. Just enjoy the fact that we I mean, and even, you know, knock on wood, cross our fingers that this game actually happens. So if we do actually get to watch it, just enjoy that part. No, I think uh, I think I echo those same sentiments. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you. We out. Peace. Sorry.
Shout a little bit softer now. Shout a little bit louder 